Hey, Marks. Yeah, I just wanted to get uh, your experience from uh, what you thought about Austin Stadium last year when, when Fresno went down there. Oh, it was uh, obviously we, you know, we, we wish we had, would have had a better result because um, we played those guys pretty tough and, you know, had our opportunities to win. Um, we just didn't, obviously, we didn't uh, execute there at the end. But, um, yeah, definitely looking forward to the opportunity to go, go back in that stadium and, uh, you know, obviously see what we can get done. Expecting maybe a little different reaction because it, it, playing with when Fresno goes to Oregon, that might be one thing, but when Washington goes to Oregon, it feels yeah. like the whole thing just gets bumped up a couple Yeah, times. absolutely. It's always good to be part of, uh, you know, great rivalries and, um, you know, having opportunities to, uh, you know, be, be in the history books as far as just, you know, what, what, is, uh, what is the story that this, um, this UW team is going to be able to write. And, you know, so we want to make sure that we go in there and then we, we make everyone proud. What have you learned about the rivalry since you've been here? Oh, number one, it's a, it's a pretty heated rivalry to be to be honest with you. And looking back at all the great players that have actually played in this game and great coaches that have been a part of this game, it's kind of been one thing for me that I've been really focusing on. From uh, you know, obviously, you know, from Coach James to Chris Peterson um, to obviously the, the coaches that they've had in the past, because it's um, and the players they've had in the past, and I'm talking about on on, on both teams. Um, and feeling like you re we really need to uphold a, um, a tradition, a standard of just making sure that the Huskies are, uh, are the, the team up north that everyone talks about. What do you feel like you can accomplish with the run game on Saturday? Because it obviously feels like you're going to need to establish something in order to be balanced. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just Number one is the O-line tight ends and running backs. We all need to be in sync. Um, and, make, and making sure that we're all on the same page of, you know, blocking the backs are hitting the hole that, you know, that, that is where it's designed to hit and staying on track and pressing it and, you know, running with their eyes, reacting with their feet and making sure they have great ball security and finishing going forward and, um, and just really just staying on schedule and staying in front of the chains. And, you know, if we block her for five, let's go get seven. If we, you know, we block her for seven, let's go get a first down. And um, just making sure we, we, we break tackles and we finish forward. I know even talking to you as early as spring, just the idea of how all around you talked about Marshall Falk maybe being one of the yeah. templates that you like to use. When you saw Cameron make that catch mm -hmm. against Oregon State for that third down conversion, mm -hmm. I know Coach Grubb said it was maybe one of the best catch, clutch catches he's seen before. Mm -hmm. what, what was your vantage point? That's what we're supposed to do. You know, and I don't mean, this, mean that to sound tough, or to, but, you know, if it hits our hands, we're supposed to catch the ball. And... You know, we always say, you know, you know, big-time players make big-time plays and big-time games. But in, in the reality is, just make plays. And when your number is called, is that you got to make sure you deliver and you got to make sure we catch the football. So the first thing I told him was, hey, great catch, but we got another play. Like, let's move on. Like, that was great, but what are you going to do next? So just focusing on uh, every play having a new life. Still – was a, not so much surprising, but in general, has he surprised you in that way, being able to catch the ball the way he has? Uh, no, I mean, CD can catch the football. I mean, it's – and obviously, for I, I truly feel like this for for majority of my guys, it really just comes down, come down to concentration and focus. It's like, are you going to frame the football, seeing it all the way in, two eyes, two hands, all the way into the tuck? And, again, it's like if you're able to catch the ball, if we're putting you in this position, that means we trust you to be able to catch the ball. Because if you couldn't, we wouldn't have you run this play. So, And, and how, have, how has that worked? I mean, kind of going with your gut and kind of going with the hot hand, things yeah. like that. How has that 
rotation maybe gone for you as the season has gone, especially now we're getting oh, into yeah. the into the, the in, games you remember in November, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, games you remember in November. Yeah, and absolutely. I mean, the rotation has been going um, for me as expected as far as my going with my gut that I know it was going to be just more than probably just two guys. Now in this past game, we just rolled two guys, which seemed to work out really, really well. Um, but, but at the end of the day, I think it just really called for this game. Really called for those two guys to really, to really play and just kind of let those guys roll with it and get in, into a rhythm and get used to how the game is flowing. And um, and I kind of hope to kind of stick to that a, a, a little bit. But at the same time, I mean, we still have other guys in the room that can really get the job done. I mean, you know, Will Nixon, you know, he got banged up, and I was going to try to see what he can do and. Sure. And those things, same thing with Rich and um, and Sam. So we just got to, you know, again, stick with my gut and just kind of kind of see how the game flows a little bit. From your guys' perspective as, as the running back group, Coach Grubb talked about how getting those third down conversions, getting, you know, con, you know punching it through in, in the red zone when you need to, that's something that hasn't been a problem for a few weeks now. For your guys' part, what do you feel like got cleaned up? Um, just really go hit their head on the goalposts. I just tell them, like, hey, man, at the end of the day, that, that line is just a line. Your line is in the back of the end zone. So go finish your runs, you know, and it doesn't matter how, if it's blocked clean or not. Your job is to find a way. That's part of the requirements here at UW, to play, to play running back here at UW. You know, part of our requirements is you have to find a way to get the job done. So that is, that's what's expected of you. And same thing with CD on the catch. I expect you to make that catch. Because that is what we're supposed to do here at UW. Coach Carb also said that he expects Oregon to bring that. He called it called it kitchen sink. He expects everything. He says you've almost seen every conceivable scheme, coverage, everything like that. For your guys' part, whether it's pass protection, whether it's running the ball, whether it's going out for a catch, what does that mean for you guys? Does that just mean oh. your versatility is heightened even more? No, we always expect the kitchen sink, um, as a, especially in, in really pass protection. I mean, that's really what. Um, you're referring to is like what are we really expecting to see I mean we know their personnel we know who those guys are we watched them all week but what new wrinkles do they have and they show us one thing but are they going to do something else so we always expect the kitchen sink but at the end of the day if we stick to our rules our rules will make us no matter what will keep us right so I, w I wouldn't say make us right I would say just keep us right because you just have to stick to our rules um, you know the scheme that uh that we, we have here offensively, I really feel like it's second to none. It's just how well do we execute it? And talk about sticking to the rules, sticking to the process. All the all the all the noise on the outside between the Washington and Oregon fans are going to make this thing into a, a gigantic game. Mm -hmm. I know that sometimes maybe players want to make it into a bigger game, but they don't want to deviate from the process. Mm -hmm. How do you kind of how do you straddle that line? It seems like it'd be a tricky thing. Well, number one, I mean it's. All the talking going back and forth, that's outside of this building. What's, what's important is focusing on our guys. So coaches, players included, not paying attention to the outside noise and what's being written, what's being talked about, um, who's walking around with what on, is it, is it green, is it not green, all those things. It doesn't matter. It's like what are we really doing to get ready for the game? And really it's about getting better from last week. Because if we just concentrate on that, just get improving and sticking to the process, then you know what? We'll be all right. But if you sit there and you try to make it bigger than what the process is, then that's where you might, 
you might fall, you might fail because you made it bigger than what it is. It all it is is about getting better from last week to this week and making sure that we are staying, having that mental focus, right, that mental stamina to, to really just keep that intensity the whole time, whether it's just your mental focus, physical, or whatever, we're, whatever we need to get done. And, and that's what's most important. Sounds like Coach Lanning did, uh, he popped in, bowed down to Washington into their practice mm. when they're practicing with noise and things like that. Yeah. Is there anything that you guys do to try to engender that same feeling, or do you feel like you, have, you, uh, you go, maybe go a different way? That's, that's probably more internally just what we, what we like to probably keep to ourselves. I mean, um, obviously they, they have a good coaching staff. We, you know, definitely respect those guys a ton and, and uh, their head coach as well. Um, yeah, but we're you know we're getting ready the best way we we best way we can. So, Jamarcus Shepard. People got to tackle. People got to catch. People got to run. People got to throw. And um, well, we got to find a way to be the team that comes out victorious and does it better than the other team. So, yeah, uh, it gets all pumped up and stuff throughout the week. But I, I try to be more focused on hey, this is what's going to happen. This is the defense they're going to run. This is the blitz they're going to bring. Uh, this is the coverage they're going to have. Um, so then that way on, on, on Saturday, they're prepared. I know you're obviously the wide receivers coach, but, but how helpful is it having a couple tight ends like a, like a Dev and a, and a Westover leaking over the middle and doing the kind of things that they provide in the passing game? Oh, man, they do a great job, honestly. Uh, I just love their yeah, – they, they practice. Uh, they, they're very intentional when they practice. You know, they're very singular mindset. Um, we talk a lot about when you – or at least I do – when you come to practice um, for those two hours that you're out here – you know, you're completely dedicated to this. I mean, we can't be worried about, you know, what's going on back home or what tests I got coming up. We're, and those two guys are singularly focused on practice when that time comes. When looking at the film, Oregon's defense looks like they've been struggling quite a bit. What do you see from their secondary? Actually, I think they've been doing a great job. Um, zero with two picks last week. Um, had a phenomenal game. Um, uh, he's a kid, actually, that was committed to us at one point while we were at Purdue and when I was at Purdue. And so, you know, I kind of have a little bit of a relationship and uh, know him pretty well. Um, I think their linebackers have been physical. Um, you know, at the end of the day, when you play in football games and you're up big in the game, um, you know, teams resort to other things to try to find a way to get back into the game. So, you know, it, it ends up, you know, costing you a few yards here and there. But for the most part, they've strapped it up and played well enough to let their offense get them ahead in games. So I, I don't think they've been playing bad. I think they've been playing pretty good. I'm curious for you, you know, you've coached at Washington State in this conference. You've been in rivalries at Purdue. Does any part of you think, I'm kind of curious to see what this whole thing is about stepping into you know, this rivalry this weekend? Um, I've, you know, yes, I certainly have been to some pretty cool ones. I've seen people get spit on and people get drinks tossed on them and all that cool stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm not in the stands. I'm, I'm on the field. Uh, I don't know what's going on in the stands with all the rest of the people. I just you know, hope and pray that they treat my my family the right way, my, my little ones and whatnot. Um, but I hear it's going to be pretty pretty rowdy. So, you know, I, I 
I enjoy it personally, from a personal standpoint. But again, my job is to keep our guys on the even keel so they're ready to play on Saturday and execute on Saturday. Like, yeah, I'm excited about it. I want to have fun with it, but I want to keep them on the on the right level so then that way they can execute. How tempting is it to use? Because obviously Rome is kind of the ball, guy you want to get the ball a lot to, but as he's getting more and more focus in defenses, is he kind of a guy where you can almost – use him as a decoy to get Giles and Jalen some of the opportunities that maybe he's getting? You know, I think that's kind of the misconception right now in our offense. I mean, so many people have touched the football, scored touchdowns and whatnot. So, honestly, we don't really operate in a way where we're just singularly focused on getting someone a ball. Uh, there are times when Rome is a decoy last week and maybe people knew it or didn't know it. So maybe he wasn't that good of a decoy. I don't know. But uh, that, that's how the offense operates. We're not out there just saying, hey, this person has to get the ball. Uh, sometimes we're playing the odds. Sometimes we're just running our offense, and we want our guys to just execute, expecting that the football is going to come to them on every single play. Jalen having the drops this season, just kind of what's your message been to him? Because obviously there's only so much you can practice, you know, certain ways you can practice catching and not dropping the ball. Just kind of what's your message been to him about that? You know, I, you, there's two trains of thought on that you know some coaches go heavy on trying to get into a lot of vision and things of that nature and sometimes that can get in the head of a kid versus other coaches kind of like try to stray away from it a little bit more and kind of let him figure it out on his own and whatnot I think it's I try to do a little bit of a combination of both to help him um, just you know push the envelope to try to make those plays. I mean, there's no question about it. Um, J-Mac is a high-level player, and, uh, you know, he expects to make those plays. And uh, I think when those opportunities comes up, he'll make them. Um, certainly in the offseason, we'll, we'll do some things differently in the offseason to try to help him. Um, and then, of course, I mean, we're doing our little things here and there now to help him. But it's very uncharacteristic of him, really, to be honest about it. It's very uncharacteristic. It's, and we don't expect it at all. We don't expect that to happen at all with him. Just thoughts on Jalen Beck returning punts? Love it. Okay? Love it. I think sometimes part of football is putting pressure on yourself to perform when your best is needed. And um, right now his best is needed right there at punt return. So he's got to put him pressure on himself to perform in those moments because our football team needs him back there. And to be honest about it, I mean, I think he's had the longest return this year so far on punt returns. Um, and then – Honestly, we, we as a group feel pretty comfortable with him back there just because he, he can see it. He really does a good job seeing it, and so um, I'm excited for him. It just adds to his resume. Did you ever return a punt back in the day? I did. Um, um, I did only once in college. Uh, and what happened? then What happened? Uh, I, I let it bounce, <laughs> <laughs> and then I scooped it up, and I got yards afterwards. And then when I played in the Hula Bowl out in Hawaii, um, they actually had us all competing to earn the starting kickoff return and punt return job, and I earned both jobs uh, out at the Hula Bowl. D3 kid, all these kids from all these major Power 5 programs, and I did my job and ran out there and won the job. So uh, I'm a competitor, and I want these guys to be competitors. Um, and so I'm, I'm late. I hope they hear this and know I am the best returner we got. Okay, period. <laughs> Scott Huff. <laughs> I always wear I wear shorts every day I've been here. Other than why I'm recruiting. If I can get away with it, I will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what uh, advantage, advantage being a football coach? I was gonna say recollections of the last time you went down to Eugene. Pretty yeah. uh yeah. pretty incredible game, all things, you know, especially from the neutral. Right, yeah, it was a. Uh, gosh, that was a long time ago, it feels like. It uh, does. 
Yeah, it was a game that uh, was a good football game. Um, obviously, we came up short, so it wasn't that good of a game. But, um, yeah, we, I, I definitely remember it. I mean, just in terms of the things that you can take away from it and the things that you need to use to prepare for it in terms of, like, noise and those kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's always – all big game, any game, right, there's, there's all the momentum um, changes throughout, and it's just being poised and um, – being ready to handle the, the the ups and downs of any football game, but certainly in a hostile environment, um, you got to be just a little bit more detailed and, and focused. I don't want to be shortchanging the other venues that you've gone to in the Pac-12, but going to Austin's a pretty unique experience. You have to do you pipe in extra noise? Do you are there other things that you do that maybe you wouldn't do at other places? Um, I think I mean crowd noise is crowd noise. I mean, and, and the crowd gets into it. There are certain situations that are obviously worse than others. Uh, you're backed up, you know, or or, or third downs. Um, you, you, there's yeah, there's it's it's hard to hear. Uh, and the guys the guys got to be on it with verbal and nonverbal communication and and try to. Um, it's obviously an advantage for we see it here. You know, every other weekend, right? At Husky Stadium, what an advantage is for our guys, and um, certainly it makes it harder for the offensive line uh, to, you know, to communicate and to get off on the snap count and those types of things. But um, we'll do our best to to make sure that it uh, we we limit the the, the disadvantage as much as possible. One quick question: It just seems like Troy seems to get an unusual call every week. Personal yeah. foul, weird stuff. What's going on there? No, I don't. I guess you know sometimes. You play hard, and, 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 and things don't always go your way. And um, certainly, we don't want to take away from the aggressive play. Uh, but, but we we got to learn from every one of those penalties and, and and try to do better the next time. But uh, certainly, like the the mindset. It sounds like it was more of a an effort penalty in the sense that he maybe didn't get the, the mechanics down correct, but the idea was right. No, absolutely, the idea, the mentality is absolutely correct. You just he should have just stayed on top of the defender and not. Let them start to get back up and then jump back on top of them. Yeah. Um, that was really what it was. You ever coach them? Where they just just go sit on them? <laughs> not, not not sit on them, but <laughs> hey, there's certain things where it's like uh, you know, if you're into hunting dogs at all, like there's you know you can breed them all you want, and just you know some dogs hunt, some dogs don't. And you, there's certain moments right there we can try to educate them, but uh, you know it's their natural instinct takes over, and more times than not, I like it. Uh, you know, like did that situation hurt us? Absolutely. We're gonna try to learn from it for sure. I was gonna say, guys like Troy, guys like Jackson, guys like Roger, they you, you use the dog, the hunting dog analogy. Those, those guys seem to be guys that are pulling on the chain all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, and that's what that's what you want, right? I mean, they don't score touchdowns. Um, that's that's what they're there to do. They're there to protect and try to bully, and um, yeah, that's why that's why we recruit them. You're a month into the, or a little more over a month, I guess, into the kind of the Troy at tackle. Jackson and guard thing uh, feel like it's going exactly how you wanted it to. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is the guys feel confident, and I, I, uh, I think I was talking with Softy last week, and it's just you know, confidence is cash. Whether that's with your children that you're raising to make good decisions, um, being comfortable and confident in who they are. When the guys walk out on the field, they they got to feel really good um, about about their preparation and about their opportunity and, and and so I think both guys would tell you that they're very confident in, in the positions that they're playing right now and as a coach that's 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 what you want. I was really curious about bringing in Mateo late in the game against Oregon State and just the way he was able to perform without having played earlier in the game it seemed to be pretty remarkable. Yeah he I mean we, we you know I know you guys don't get to see all this stuff but we you know we have we have most of this stuff is scripted beforehand and so it just you know 
hopefully it goes as planned and how's, how we prepare. And Mateo felt very confident in going in there. And um, so sometimes the games don't go exactly how you want them early on. Like, you know, I, we kind of struggled, obviously, in the first half there. And, uh, and, and, you know, you'd like to have gotten them in maybe a little bit earlier. Um, but Corey does a great job, too. So it's a, it, we're in a really good situation. We're lucky to have both those guys. And, um, and it just worked out that way. And, and, yeah, Mateo did a good job. But he does a good job in practice, and that gives everybody confidence to put him in. Also curious about the, the amount of snaps with Nate and Gearin and Mateo, I guess, yeah. as well. Do you feel like you're getting them in the game enough to, to keep them motivated and keep them in, involved? Yeah, I think, I mean, I th- you know, hopefully we can – it certainly felt good about what happened in the game on Saturday and getting those guys playing time. And uh, I'd like to, I mean, they, they, I wish we could play. We got, we got 12. I mean, I, we, I'd like to play all the guys if I could, you know, it's just, again, you know, we, we got to, so we, we work on it. Guys earn stuff and uh, we try to reward them the best we can. Okay. Thanks. Guys. Yep. Uh, coach Schmidt and uh, coach just kind of wanted to know, did you, before you came here, did you know about the rivalry between Washington and Oregon and, and what it meant? Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, nationwide, everybody can see those games and, and uh, understand the importance of it, not only geographically it being a, you know, I mean, two cl- schools that are close together that recruit, you know, I mean, the same areas, but I think two programs that have been successful too as well. A lot of times I think, you know, this game probably will have, you know, year in and year out implications on who wins the league and, and you know, I mean, who has an opportunity to be able to uh um, getting bowl games and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's, you know, I mean, that's that's pretty much, I think, nationwide. Everybody knows about that. Bo Nix is one of the biggest playmakers in the country, not just in the conference, but in the country. How do you guys contain him, especially if you're trying to get after him in the pass rush? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's a blend of trying to do some things and take away some things that he likes, whether that's, you know, I mean, uh, certain windows, um, not give away certain pockets where it's easy for him to step up and, and be able to get into throws or see the field. So, um, you know, just trying to get him to escape, you know what I mean, set traps and things like that, trying to get him to escape to to places that we want him to. And then, you know, the problem with a guy like him is like, hey, you can do things pretty well, and then all of a sudden it's a, a one-on-one battle in the open field, and, and, and you got to be able to win that matchup now too as well. So definitely a guy that can that can do a lot of things with his feet create a lot of plays with his feet and things that you know we're going to have to be able to do a good job in scramble situations is he a lot like dtr yeah i mean um i, I would say like you know all those guys have some 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 uh, similarities you know what i mean but i think he's you know uh dtr is is i think a guy that that's really really fast i think bo once he gets going you know he's taking him 80 yards this year so i think there are some similarities there i do think that you know, uh, Bo will do some things. I think he's a little maybe more crafty at times with getting guys in the air and, and pump faking guys. And you can tell he's played a lot of football. Like he's comfortable in in uncomfortable situations. So I think that's the one thing you see from him is he'll uh, when things break down, like it's it's not a panic button. It's a process, and he's been through that before. And and uh, you know he looks uh, pretty confident when he does it. Some of the fundamentals that you guys were coaching up to contain DTR, and and you guys struggle a little bit with that. Is that something that the guy? I'm sure you're doing a lot of that same coaching as far as Bo Nix or Bo Nix is concerned. But are the players in maybe a better position to contain that now, considering they've seen DTR and what that's like and what you're asking for them to do? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Like you've you we've seen you know the gamut of quarterbacks now, whether it's big, tall, pocket guys off it, or you know guys that are going to get out on the edge and perimeter and try to run and and, and spread you out so i I just think it comes down to our guys being in tune and and being 
you know, just connected in the pass rush more than anything else. I felt like when we were at UCLA, we just, you know what I mean, guys were, we weren't moving our feet as well. I always felt like we were a second late getting to spots and stuff like that. And we didn't win as many times up front either, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, you know, the other thing is, is they start moving it and, and they get off, they get, they stay on schedule. It's a little bit harder for you to be able to uh, predict what's, you know what I mean, what the play is going to be as far as that goes. So um, I do think our guys have done a better job as the season's gone along here. You know what I mean? There's, there's been some quarterback scrambles, but I feel like, you know I mean, I don't have the exact uh, statistics, but the longest run we've given up all year, I think right now is somewhere between 30 and 35 yards, you know. So I think, you know, that's obviously, I think the biggest thing with, with Knicks is not just the, you know, him being able to scramble, it extends drives. Like, that's, that's probably the most disappointing thing, I think, and demoralizing thing on defense is that you get him in a third and long and, and you do a good job of playing tight coverage, and all of a sudden he makes a play with his feet, and now you're out there, you know what I mean, uh, of having another set of downs. So that and then just him being able to scramble and create big plays. I think that's always the, the, the things on defense that, that really make you nervous is, hey, man, he extends a play, and now somebody loses a guy deep down the field or, or there's nobody left, you know what I mean, type of deal, um, depending, on, depending on what coverage you're in, and now he makes an explosive play and, and really changes field position. That's what we have to do a good job of guarding against. Uh, looking back at the tape from Oregon State, did, did you think your your guys played pretty well, and how did you guys come out of that game health-wise? Because I know you guys got a little bit dinged up. Yeah, I mean, it was a physical football game. You know I mean? I think, like, you know, guys like, like Jeremiah and, and Braylon, I think the things you probably don't see are all the communication that goes along with our front and being able to make adjustments, being able to be multiple in fronts and give those guys different looks and, and, and not only put put us in good positions, our defense in good positions, but being able to keep, you know, the ball going where you want to go and where you want it to go and being able to make sure that, hey, this is the tackler, the ball's got to show up where the tackler's at. You know what I mean? I thought as the game went along, like we got more adjusted and got more comfortable um, you know, I mean, defending what they were doing. And I thought our guys did a better job of that, like just eating up blocks, you know, taking care of the fullback, the tight end, making sure that, hey, we could make it down, maybe not even a one-on-one, a two-on-one, you know I mean, in certain situations. Their backs are good players, you know, and uh, it was it was definitely a, a physical football game, and our guys felt it. I felt like, you know, it was nice to be able to play that thing actually on Friday and give our guys one extra day, you know what I mean, to be able to, uh, to recoup a little bit. But... But definitely, I think, you know what I mean, just I think it was a little bit different game. Like that was one where, hey, we know you guys can rush the passer. Now can you do some things at the line of scrimmage to be able to secure a gap? You know, can you fit up a, a tight end, a fullback, you know, uh, a zone scheme, a gap scheme, all that type of stuff? Can you fit it up consistently? And I thought we did a better job as the game went along. Oregon's a top five team in the country and fewest sacks allowed. What do you do to get after them? Well, I think, first of all, you know, what else Oregon is, is I think a top 10 team in the country in running the football. You know what I mean? So I think, first of all, if you're good, out, if you're good running the ball, then you're not throwing it as much. And, and it really, I think that's probably the biggest equalizer when it comes to pass rush. So I think, first of all, for us is being able to be good on first and second down and get them into some third and long situations. They just haven't been, you know what I mean, in, in those positions consistently. And I think that's that's the key. And then they do a good job. Like they'll throw screens, they'll, you know, they'll run draws, they'll do different things to be able to get the ball out of his hands early and protect him. I think that's always the sign of a good offense, right? Like some guys will just sit back there and say, Hey man, we're going to throw hot. We'll let our quarterback get hit. You know what I mean? And that's just the case that might, that's just how we're going to do it. Where I think they do a good job of being able to say, Hey, we're going to count for rushers off it in our protection. And then we'll get out of his hand if we need to, and, and make sure that he's not taking unnecessary, you know what I mean? Shots. So to me, it's just, hey, there's no magic formula where you got to come up with some, 
you know, great scheme or anything like that. I think it's just us going out there, playing really, really fundamentally sound football and play hard and get those guys, uh, you know, get those guys off schedule a little bit. And then our guys will do a good job. We get in those positions, like, they'll, they're, they're, pretty good at what they do so they'll be you know i mean they'll be a handful when it gets to that we just gotta we gotta get to as many as those as many of those situations in the game as we can how are you gonna stop oregon this week i mean it's a tall task i think the biggest thing is just not giving them the easy ones and you know that's what they're they're elite i mean they've got a you know unbelievable quarterback and make plays with his feet and his arm and it, you know they're really dangerous in terms of um, being explosive, and I think you got to try to you know, work as hard as you can to limit the explosives. Do they do anything unique, or do they just execute? They do a lot of unique things. Um, you know, I think schematically they're very advanced. Um, you know, they challenge you uh, in a lot of different ways. I think they're you know you look at them you know statistically very well balanced. I mean they're going to run the ball very effectively, but then they can also throw the ball uh, just as well. And so you know you got to be well rounded in your approach to the game plan. When you're guys are taking their reads I'm sure some schools are easier than other how difficult is it to make the reads on Oregon how difficult is it I just the thing we've been talking about all week is you just got to maintain eye discipline throughout the course of the entire play um, just because there's for for every play that they have there's a setup play and there's an explosive uh, you know a gotcha play that comes off of all their base plays and so it's just really about maintaining your discipline at the same time you still have to have a very aggressive mindset you know I think you can get in the mode where you're sitting back on your heels waiting for uh, their shot plays and then it gets you in trouble in terms of defending their ground game in Bonix he's fan he's fantastic I mean he's just uh, it's it's uh, it's um, you know, amazing just to watch him um, operate the offense at a at a super high elite level. And you know, I think one of the the, the things that he does that's the most dangerous is when the plays you know all but shut down and stopped. He can still win, you know, on third down with his feet. And um, you know, he's had some fantastic runs throughout the course of the year. So he's a handful. With Nick's, no one's really slowed him since the opener. What, what's the first priority when it comes to defending someone like that? Well, I think you got to be able to you got to manage their run game. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. Their run game is setting up so many of the other things that they're doing well right now. And um, you know, if they get you going sideways on the run game, or you're on your heels in terms of their rushing attack, I think it allows him to to you know get comfortable. You know, it challenges you in terms of being able to get them in third and third and long situations. They're in a lot of third and short, fourth and short, and they're very aggressive going for it all the time. Um, so you got to be really careful, you know, on third down and fourth down and how you approach it. But I think the critical part is you got to win some first and second downs in the run game. Having Eddie back, what does that do, especially on oh, a game man. on the road against yeah. Oregon? Just the, just, uh, just raw veteran leadership. I'm just so excited. Personally, I'm so excited for him. I think sit up in my office for the last six or seven months and see him out on this field trying to get back every day. And I just know how much time, effort, and energy he's put into getting himself back. Um, and his football IQ is fantastic. You know, got a little taste of having him on the field last week. Uh, but the, I, I know this for sure is that the lights aren't going to be too big for him. Is it uh, a little bit that he understands this game a little bit more than the others as well? Yeah, yeah. His, like I said, his football intelligence is, is top-notch, and he studies and prepares. And I think the key for Eddie is he's been studying and preparing the entire um, you know, season that he's been down. He's been preparing the same way as if he was playing. It looked like to me on film anyways that Thule 
you know, really took a step up. Yeah, Thule, I think Thule, you know, Thule quietly has uh, been one of our defensive MVPs this year. Really consistent production for him, very physical at the point of attack, and, you know, he, had so, he, he makes disruptive plays on a regular basis, and, um, you know, really pleased with his, his progress throughout the course of the season. And it just seems like you could really use somebody next to him stepping up. Yeah, I mean, we've had to work some different guys in there. You know, I've had a few guys that have been banged up down there, and, you know, it just depends on situation. I think we've got some good production um, uh, out of uh, out of Voy in, in some of the pass game stuff. Um, you know, I think Tui has been uh, very consistent for us at times, and so, you know, we've been working a big mix of guys in there. Jay Parker's still working in there for us. So, uh, And then MJ, you know, we need MJ to, to definitely be a force in the middle. Can the edges be as Braylon and Jeremiah in this type of game where you're trying to limit bonus and scrambling? Well, they're they're critical. They're critical because they're so they're they're really good at setting the edge in the run game, and so I think that's the first priority. And then the second piece of it is their ability to rush the passer, and it's going to be a relentless per, pursuit of him. You know, I think it's there's some similar characteristics to um, you know Arizona Arizona's quarterback where he can make any play turn into something special on any given down and so you got to be relentless in your you know your first move your combination moves and your counter moves